Welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we are unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Crystal Roberts, and together with Trisha Ryan, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we're exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Today, Trisha and I want to help all all those energetic and well-intentioned leaders who are participating in our sensational summer challenge. Thanks, you guys to make an everyday difference toward making the world a better place. I hope you're having fun with our summer challenge. So just to review, for those who don't know what our challenge is all about, we introduced our 2022 Sensational Summer Challenge in episode 10. So check it out. You can go back and check it out. With the hope that we inspire uh, to make a positive everyday impact to our world. That's what we're trying to do. Inspire people to actually do something as a result of what they're learning um, here and also in other places. But really take that step to take action into making an everyday impact on our world over the summer. In that episode, we shared a few ideas that we plan to explore and work on. And we hope that you'll come up with your own ideas that resonate with you and that you can commit to working on over the summer. So remember, there's no best way to make our world a better place. It's whatever way you choose. So the possibilities are endless. So wherever you are supporting, so whether you're supporting social justice initiatives, making small improvements to help the environment, innovative ways to work or learn or increasing mental wellness, you're making a positive difference. We hope you you join us on this adventure this summer and keep us updated on how your ideas are taking root to make a better world. We'll be adding details closer to the end of the summer on how to actually apply. Contest entries will be accepted throughout the month of August and all entries will be reviewed by a quote celebrity panel of judges. While we expect this challenge to yield many amazing and enriching efforts, the judges top three will be awarded $50, a $50 REI gift card. We know you have a lot of great ideas out there and we also know it can be really challenging to actually make change. So for those of you listening today, you're going to get a little head start on the competition because you are about to learn why it's so hard to make change. And you'll learn three ways to overcome the barriers so you can successfully make the change and make it stick. Before we dive in, hi, Trisha. How are you doing today? Hi, Crystal. Oh, I'm doing great. I'm uh, working my challenge. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. (laughs) How about you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yep. And uh, Trisha is going to talk to us a little bit about some of the things that she's trying. And I'll talk to you about some of the things that I'm trying. Uh, this summer. And not that that's the only thing we'll be doing, but uh, we have started to take a few actions. So we wanted to share those with you and hopefully continue to inspire you to be taking actions as well. So why, why are we talking about this? Basically, because one, we want to start out with the why it can be challenging because we like to, to normalize behavior. <laughs> so it, you know, sometimes it can be like really frustrating to say, oh gosh, why can't I just 
make this change. It just seems like it shouldn't be that tough. And we know because of right the billion dollar industry of weight loss and, and exercise, it's not that easy. You can't just declare it and then go after it. So we thought we'd spend a little time just kind of diving into that. Like, what does it take to actually make personal change? And there is, you know, a thousand books out there about that. And obviously people spend their entire careers diving into that. So we're going to just give you a little bit, just to scratch the surface on this to pique your interest. We'll, we'll list all of our resources um, on our website so you can dive further into it. But we just wanted to kind of scratch the surface, like I said, on some of these topics. Trisha, anything that you'd like to say before we dive in? Yeah, um, you know, I when you were just talking about how, you know, it's it's hard to make change stick, basically, right? And and to your point, there have been a million books out there on how to how to do anything, you know, how to be how to get skinny, how to get healthy, how to how to climb the next mountain, how to ski, I don't know. And and unless people actually uh, really start thinking about how to make things habits or how to keep on track with the steps they're taking to change, it's really hard to do. I know that I'm I'm struggling right now with my challenge for the summer, you know. We may not be eligible for the prizes, but I am definitely on board with um, doing what I am going to be doing, which is composting. <laughs> and uh, wow, didn't have any clue in the world that it, there's all science behind it. So it's interesting and I'm learning a lot and I'm also stumbling a little. So um, how about you? What are you, what are you working on these days? Yeah. So one of the first things I did, which was um, kind of fun was um, when I, I had to get a new phone. And so I had to get a phone case and instead of just buying one off the shelf, um, I bought one that is actually compostable. Mm-hmm. So that that has been interesting, um, and and I really love it. Actually, I think it, it's you know got good reviews. I like the feel of it. Um, I'm really happy with it, and I love the fact that when I'm done, I don't throw it in the garbage. That it actually can be composted. So kind of connecting to your composting. Um, also, I'm doing the composting as well. So I'm waiting for my composter to arrive. (laughs) I'm super excited about that. So that'll be something new. Um, And in our household, uh, we, we, because we're on septic, we don't have um, a compost or we don't have a, any, everything that has to go that we don't use has to go in the garbage. So this will actually really save on the garbage. So I'm happy about that. And I love the one that we chose actually turns the, the composting into soil mm-hmm. and it does it really quickly and we have a garden so we'll be able to actually add that to our garden so I'm really excited about that yeah and, and then I, the other thing oh go ahead no you go ahead go ahead uh, yeah the, the the other thing that we're doing um is we are and this is the one that's been a little more challenging for me is w- one day a week um we are going to um, not eat meat. Mm. So we're um, gonna be doing vegetarian uh, one day a week. And um, there's a, a lot of great um, information out there about the impacts that that actually, if everyone did that, um, impacts on the world. It, it's one way that people can really make a difference without having to really um, make a huge, a huge shift. 
but I'm still in the, the baby step part of that, which I was learning is actually a good thing is to take those baby steps. So um, we'll be talking about that. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I commend you for that because I've, you know, I eat more of a meat-free diet than a, than one with meat. So for me, it's almost like adding meat one day a week would be a good idea. But, um, but I eat meat alternatives a lot. And, and there are some really good ones out there that you can't really, if you're a meat eater or you like meat, you can hardly tell the difference. So it's pretty awesome. Um, so yay, I'll have to, I'm, can't wait to hear more about um, how it's going with that. And with respect to your composter, I have to say that I got mine this week, and we we both have the same one, I believe. And um, it's it's kind of exciting to have it. It's a little bigger than I thought it was when I looked at the video. It looked a little smaller, but but um, and it takes up a chunk of my my counter space. But it's worth it. It's so cool. I ran it the first cycle yesterday and I have almost soil today cause I had it on the, a different setting, but man, it is great. It's, um, it's so nice to, to not have to use. I have a septic system too, but I have a septic friendly garbage disposal and I've already used it three times today and then slapped my hand three times afterwards because I couldn't believe I actually didn't put it in my new composter. But I'm learning. It's a it's a learning process. So that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is that these can feel like really small things to do. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about why that's important to start there. So, um, so if anybody's out there going, is that all they're doing? <laughs> yep, that's where you start. That's where you start when you're actually making real change. That's right. So that sticks. Like you said, that sticks. I love that. The stickiness. What's the stickiness? All right. So when we dive in here, um, like I said, there's a ton of books out there. And so we just took a couple of resources that were easy to grab for us. Um, and we're going to share those now. So um, Adam Grant wrote his book that recently came out called Think Again, which is really helping us think differently about change. So um, one reason that he poses around why it's difficult to make change is um, he calls it cognitive laziness. And I thought, wow, (laughs) (laughs) all right. How do you feel now? Cognitive laziness. So um, he says, some psychologists point out in research that we're mental misers. We often prefer the ease of hanging onto old views over the difficulty of grappling with new ones. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say that there is a deeper force behind our resistance to rethinking though. Questioning ourselves makes the world more unpredictable. It requires us to admit that the facts may have changed, that was once right may now be wrong, Reconsidering something we believe deeply can threaten our identities, making it feel as if we're losing a part of ourselves. You know, isn't that so true? You know, both of us have been in leadership development for a long time. And one of the things that we've uh, often talked about is that, you know, our stories are our truth. The stories in our heads are our truth. And so when something new comes along and and shakes up our story or, or bumps up against it and says, that's not, that's not real, or that's, 
that's not the way things are now, or that can't be the way things are going. Um, it's, it almost feels a little threatening, right? It's like, you're telling me that my truth is not right. And, um, it's so much easier for me to believe my truth and to go along doing the same old, same old thing because I'm comfortable in it than it is for me to stop living in my, my own truth and start accepting new ways of doing something that are not habits. And so that's part of what we're talking about is like those little steps, if you do them over and over and over again, over time, they become habits. But, but that that's uncomfortable, you know, because we have that cognitive laziness, you know, we have that, that we're mental misers, we want to hold on to our truth, we want to hold on to what is comfortable, what doesn't take a lot of afterthought, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, we want to think of ourselves as good people, right? And so, and, and that we're doing the best that we can. And that's totally true, right? We, we are, most people, we're living our lives the best that we can. And I think being able to accept that, to say that because that's what we knew then, we were doing the best we could, but now we know better. We know more things and now we can do better. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's move forward and let's actually, um, make a different choice based on this new information. And I think for me, when we're talking about this, um, and I would like to, you know, go way more than just one day, but I'm starting with that small step one day of meatless is, you know, the more education and the more things I read out there about the impact of the earth around, um, this, um, eating the eating meat. And it, it, you know, it was hard to read at first. It was mm-hmm. hard to see those, um, see what it is doing to the earth and to recognize that, wow, I've been doing that. I'm, I've been part of the problem. And so um, it's, while one day a week is not seven days a week, it's a start. And so um, that that image that I have of being a good person and then looking at the damage it's doing to the earth, those those two things don't, don't mesh with me. And so it's part of that. I know more. I I knew, I know new things. I need to do better. I'm making different choices going forward. But, you know, with anything like this, you know, this is like, it's, it's learning to change your story, right? You're, you're actually looking at your story and saying, what do I want it to be going forward? Because right now it may not be working for me now that I'm getting new knowledge, right? You know, I think baby steps one day at a time, awesome, you know, and, and over time, you're going to find out what's comfortable for you, right? All right. So the next thing we had uh, found an article by psychology today, it was actually in July, it was written in July of 2017. It's called the eight reasons why it's so hard to really change your behavior. I'm just going to run through those and we'll touch on a couple of them. But like I said, we'll put this uh, source in, in the, in our show notes on the website. So there's eight of them. We're motivated by negative emotions. And that one, I, I want to dive in a little bit. Cause I'm like, what is that about? The second one is we get trapped by thinking fallacies. The third one, we try to eat the entire elephant. Uh, number four, we neglect the toolbox. Five, we try to change too much. Six, we underestimate the process. Seven, we forget that failure is usually a given. And eight is we don't make a commitment. So just diving into that first one about 
uh, we're motivated by negative emotions. Um, here's what they say about that. While it's understandable to think that strong felt negative emotions like regret, shame, fear, and guilt should be able to catalyze lasting behavior change, the opposite is true. Negative emotion may trigger us to think about everything we're not doing or feeling like we're doing wrong, but it's horrible fuel for making changes that stick. So kind of getting back to that stickiness piece again. Um, one review of 129 behavior change studies found that the consistently least effective change strategies hinged on fear and regret. So again, getting back to that, that piece about you know, I know more, I can do better now. As much as this sounds like a platitude, real change needs a positive platform to launch from. You need positive self-edifying reasons for taking on the challenge. Mm -hmm. So it's that vision piece, like getting really clear about what will this change actually, how will it change for myself? What do I get out of it? How is it gonna change for um, maybe my family or my team? And then how does it change the world? So really understanding and being driven and inspired by a vision. Yeah, it, you know, I have a kind of an old world example for me anyway. I used to be really heavy and um, I spent years going through different diets and I spent all those years feeling um, like I wasn't good enough or that I was, you know, People wouldn't want to be around me because I was heavy and it was all about regret that I was where I was and all of that. And I, I had a hard time. I would, I would go on a diet. I would stick to it for a little while. But if it, didn't, if it didn't show enough results right away, I would feel like I had failed the diet and I would quit it. And, um, and so it took me thinking differently and it took somebody else having a conversation with me about, it, about how I could, I could gain health. No, you not get skinny and not be able to get into a really tiny size, but that I could gain health and be able to watch my nephews walk down the aisle or something like that. And it was taking a different look at it and seeing that I could be healthy for my family and for myself, which would enable me to do so much more in my life and be happier. Um, it, that was, had to be my spark to make a change. But it took me a long time to get there, and I made a lot of little missteps along the way, and you know, many, many diets into it. Finally, just changing my thinking from "you're not good enough" to "you know what, you're going to gain health." The second one is we get trapped by thinking fallacies, and I love that they bring forward this thinking fallacy about all or nothing thinking. So that that sort of gets back to that where I was talking about the reducing the amount of meat that we eat is that it, you have to go all vegan. And that's not actually true. You can have a significant impact on the world by just doing something small. The other example is that oftentimes, you know, at the beginning of January, we all have our, <laughs> many people do resolutions. And one of the most common one, of course, is getting healthy. And so it's like, Hey, I'm going to join a gym and by the end of January or mid-February, you know, that's all fallen away. So because huh? I've got to go every day, right? <laughs> Rather than, oh, I got to go twice a week, or I'm going to even just get there once a week. But this all or nothing, either I'm doing it all or I've failed. So looking for, for places where I can change my thinking around that. 
and, and find places where, hey, maybe I actually did make a little bit of change. I did actually have some kind of progress and focusing on that little bit of progress helps us to, to actually be inspired to keep going. So looking at the, the rest of those, Trisha, any that um, jump out at you that you want to talk about? Um, I think what one on number four, it says we neglect the toolbox. And I, I think that sometimes for me, that means that we do have things available to us or other things that can keep us on track. And um, for me, it would be it's for, with respect to the composting, you know, it is I had to make a list of things that I could actually put in there and things that I can't and put it next to the composter. I'm also doing time things like what, how it's got three settings and I'm trying to figure out how, you know, what would go into this setting and this setting and this setting. And so those are, to me, those are tools that I can put up to, so that I can learn something. Um, I'm, I've got a calendar, uh, something in my calendar to remind me to uh, run it when I go to bed so that when I get up in the morning, it's pretty much done. And those are those are just tools that'll keep me on track. I have only just started, so um, I don't know. There may be more tools available to me, but right now that's that's what I'm thinking. And and I think anybody who's starting something, you know, making a list, a, a checklist, or putting things on the calendar or whatever, just little reminders or little, you know, memory jogs to keep you going. And the other thing is just the internet and YouTube going on and, and finding resources that can help you stay on track as well. Yeah, absolutely. The other one that I wanted to talk about was we underestimate the process. And I, I really read this one as the systemic change. So giving the example of like, um, well, I'm going to eat healthier, but we still have all of the stuff in the house, the chips and the cookies and stuff. Um, in the house and we think just our willpower we won't eat that and we know that doesn't work so a, pro a step in that process is getting rid of all of the the things that are unhealthy and making sure that we're actually you know aren't armored up with healthy recipes and we've gone to the grocery store and have um, healthy options uh, in the house and so, and that, you know, there's a lot more to that as well, but really thinking through how will this change impact all my, the different parts of my life and my relationships too. So think, just thinking through that so that when you bump up against those things um, in your, in your life, when you're making that transition that you've thought about them and that they're not a surprise, which might take you off track. And so. if you're just trying to get rid of those cookies, you know where to take them. You know, I live just <laughs> a few streets down. No. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think sometimes we we simplify a change and think mm -hmm. it's just about, um, you know, one thing, just the one step. That, hey, I want to do this, but then thinking about what what are all the impacts? What are the all the things that feed into that? And what are the things that are that are outcomes as well? You know. I, I have to just say, I, I really like that you picked that one too, um, because I really didn't know much about, <laughs> silly as it sounds, I didn't know much about composting before. Um, I have, I started composting when I first moved here and I had a few mishaps that 
caused me to slide down a hill and I decided we'll stop composting over the side of my hill. But, um, but beyond that, uh, there are so many things that are, that are going to be different. Like I'm using a lot of water to run my garbage disposal and I run it several times a day. So there's a lot of water going down and that water is wasted and I don't need to be wasting it, but I, you know, the composter is going to use electricity, but my electricity bill is very low anyway. I have very, I'm almost all LED in my house. So, you know, it's, I'm thinking about the greater good here for me is learning to figure out what to do with uh, waste, wasted food. You know, for, I can't tell you how much food I waste in a year and I'm not alone. I know that a lot of people do. We don't mean to, but you know, we all can't eat as much food as we buy. And um, I'm not quite sure how to get to that point where I'm buying what I need and not what I want. And um, until that happens, there's going to be food waste. So at least now I have a way of putting it back in the earth. But um, it is, it's thinking about all of the things that you have to do differently and think how you have to think differently and what the impact of all of that is. It's, it's, um, it's a growing and a learning experience. And, and I really am on a learning curve. I will admit it. I, next time we talk, I hope to have a better handle on this, but into it day three, I'm, I'm actually even struggling a little. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes right into nicely there. Number seven, mm-hmm. which, um, the, that we forget when we're trying to make change that failure is actually part of the process. And I think there's, and when we think about, they come right out and just say failure. I like to think of it as experiments that, Mm -hmm. that we're trying these different things and we're iterating and trying and iterating and trying and iterating so that over time we get better and better and better. So, and that, that sort of helps us also think about that, that it's, it's a, it's a long-term game. It's not just this one-time event, but it helps us with that stickiness because it helps engage and keep our curiosity going. It's like, oh, well, that didn't work. So what could I do differently next time? Oh, well, that didn't work. What can I do differently next time? So it, it engages our curiosity. And I think that that actually takes us into one of the things that is, um, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, um, around what actually helps us to make change Mm -hmm. and that's to have a growth mindset. So we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. I I just, the last one I wanted to say with this article is that we don't make a commitment. That's, that's one thing that really gets in our way as a barrier. And um, I don't know about you, but when when I make a commitment, when I have some accountability, I'm going to follow through and do it. So if I've told somebody else that I'm going to do it, um, if I've got a partner in this change, um, that definitely helps actually um, keep that stickiness so that you can keep moving forward and sustain the change. Yeah, you know, there's uh, we've we both um, belong to an association that uses a term accountability partner a lot. And I love that term because it's true. It doesn't mean like somebody's got their thumb on my head and they're telling me you must do you you must do it, you must do it. But if I, articulate something that I want to do or that I plan to do or that I am committed to doing, I am more likely to follow through. And if I've got somebody who's there to say, how's it going? You know, what, what do you need in terms of support? You want to talk through it? That is so helpful. Very helpful. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I think that this really is a great place to talk about how um, coaching can play a huge part in the success of a change, right? Or the success of, of helping people change or start a new habit. What are your thoughts around that, Crystal? Yeah, I think there's a lot of places where coaches can help. And I think one of them is just giving people the space to explore one, what is the change that they want to make? But also when we've made that change or when we're struggling with even implementing that change, again, that space to really explore what's what's getting in our way, what's the barrier? And then once the commitment, once you've actually made the commitment to make the change, the coach can really help with, again, just holding that space, but for the accountability. So of course, of course, a coach isn't going to say, why didn't you do that? You know, if you come back to your session, you had made a commitment that you were going to um, have that tough conversation with, with your direct report. And guess what? You were busy and you didn't get a chance to actually do that. That's, that's okay. But it's, it's having as the person, as the coachee, having that place to go back to, to say, yeah, I was successful or no, I wasn't. And let's keep iterating or let's figure out why I'm not able to do that. So I think, I think coaching is a great place. Uh, It's a great partner, right? It's that partnership when you're trying to make a change. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's so important. uh, You know, you, you mentioned when, uh, when a leader is trying to make a commitment or has made a commitment, but isn't quite sure how to, put it into play. And, you know, a coach's job is not to tell you how to put it into play. It's to walk with you and to support you and give you that space you need to discover that. But it's through, you know, really deep, deeper questions that help, help you understand or help you gain some insight into your own thinking. And often that's the key that unlocks um, being stuck, right? And we, we talk about we want change to stick. (laughs) We do want change to stick as long as the change makes sense. And a coach's job is really not to make it stick forever. It's to um, be there as you're discovering when sticking makes sense and um, and to be that sounding board when you have no other point of reference sometimes. Some you know, to be able to unpack something to the point that, oh yeah, now I've discovered something that I never thought of before. Those are, those are just examples of what, what you hear as a coach often is just people making discoveries, but through that, that safe space and, um, grace, because it's not our job to judge either. It is our job to uplift, you know, as you're, as you're on that journey. So yeah, I I am excited about being a coach and I love the idea of coaching people who are going through change because that's really what, to me, that's where the excitement is um, when people have ahas, those insights and, and they start making progress and they celebrate those milestone moments, even incremental two-minute moments, if you will. Those are the things that make it worth our time. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, it's a, it, it, it's definitely a, a career choice from the heart, right? Mm -hmm. We love to help people with making those really small, uh, but important steps, um, that lead to larger, larger change. Yes. 
Absolutely. So the the last um, source that we're going to talk about is, and we we love this group. They called the Neural Leadership Institute. And they put out an article, they do talk a lot about um, change and transition and the neuroscience behind that. And um, the, the name of the article is Why Change Challenges Our Brains. And what I really loved about this article is they talk about how just our brains actually are wired to like certainty. Um, and basically it stems from our basic drive to survive. So we've evolved to predict and control our circumstances because doing so optimizes our ability to live. When we experience change, our brains can interpret as a threat. So we've all heard about the fight or flight, right? As a threat or as a challenge. And I think that it was super interesting in this article. So there's two ways to think about a change, which either drives us to sort of shut down or um, has us step up into curiosity. And so they've got two, two things here. I'm just going to quickly read it. So when we perceive change as a threat, it can lead to distress because we experience the demands posed by environment to be too taxing. And we feel we are being forced to go beyond our limits or capacity to cope. On the other side of that, so the other place that we, it can go is when we're experiencing change as a challenge, for example, as an interesting opportunity to learn or do something new. This is when we are more likely to experience eustress because the new environmental demands seem within our abilities and limits. So the bottom line, whether you perceive significant change moments in your life as a threat or as a challenge, um, alters your emotional, physical, and mental experience of change. So it is all in our head. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think, I think that's a really interesting thing to, to, to think about and ponder is that we have control over that and recognizing that, you know, we're going to experience sometimes that just happens, right? We, we hear about something, something's going to happen to us and around a change that we feel like we're not actually in control. We're going to have a response to that. And that's going to be harder to actually control, but we can actually change that um, in, and we can reframe it into that, what we're talking about that growth mindset using that, um, so that's kind of where our jumping off point is on how to make change successful, successfully and how to make it stick. Anything you want to talk about there, Tricia, regarding a growth mindset? Yeah, I, you know, I was just going to say that growth mindset is just, I love fixed and growth mindset uh, thinking. I think, you know, I'm much more into the growth, obviously, than the fixed. However, it's um, it, it's a great place for people who may have fixed mindsets in certain things. I don't believe that you are either a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. It's all situational, right? So there are things where I am feeling a little fixed and I have to, I have to question my thinking. And so being open to questioning ourselves, looking in the mirror and saying, where is my thinking on this? Why am I so invested in this? What am I afraid of? What is getting in my way? And a lot of people don't take the time to look in the mirror and do that kind of questioning, but it's okay to do it because there isn't anybody there judging you. You're the only one there judging you. And so remember, it's all we are our stories. We are all in our head. And, um, and f once you figure out that maybe it's something that you fear that is, is holding you back from, from taking a step forward, 
then maybe taking a step forward will be more likely. And those baby steps aren't going to hurt you. If you find out that you're not going to internally combust, what's keeping you? Yeah. I love those. They also give um, three, three other, this is the neuro leadership article, three other steps or things to think about. So as Tricia was saying, try reframing your thinking, make sure to celebrate those moments, those baby steps that you're making. Give yourself permission to start experimenting along the way. Learn from peers who seem to model the growth mindset well. I love that. So mm-hmm. really looking out um, and seeing where we can get inspiration from other people who are maybe a step ahead of us on this journey. And then look for ways to lead by example, even if you're always, even if you're always confident. Um, another way to make change successfully, this comes from James Clear and his book, Atomic Habits, that this is kind of one of those foundational things when we talk about um, places where people go um, for the for getting foundational information, Atomic Habits. A lot of people have read that and quoted him. So I just pulled one, one thing out of that, which is, uh, he calls it the two minute rule. Uh, even when you know you should start small, it's easy to start too big. We just, we want to, um, we want to start there. We want to like, instead of having many milestones along the way, we just want to get it done, right? We want to get it done. So when you dream about making a change, it incite excitement inevitably takes over and you end up trying to do too much too soon. So the most effective way to counteract this tendency is to use the two minute rule. This is what James Clear is saying, which states when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. I was like, wow, that's quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. Less than two minutes to do with a new habit. So some examples of that, if you say, you know, I'd really like to read before going to bed each night, um, instead of just having that being just a, a wide open thing, the two minutes is read one page. Mm-hmm. So bring it down to a t- something you can actually accomplish in two minutes. Um, another example, doing 30 minutes of yoga every day. Um, the two minute version of that is taking out my yoga mat. Uh, I love this one to fold the laundry. <laughs> Got to fold the laundry because folding a <laughs> pair of socks. And what's interesting about it is it's like that inertia, mm-hmm. right? It's like getting over the inertia of um, just doing something, right? Doing something. And then mm-hmm. what it doesn't mean that you'll only be folding a pair of socks for the next, you know, ever, but it does mean that once you start that, you probably have enough momentum going that you might fold the whole, the whole basket of laundry. Yes, that's cool. So I, I loved that. I thought that was really great. Yeah, just to get just to get you moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one example, I was thinking the two minute difference, you know, and Trisha, you had brought up that there's the I won't use brand names, but the meat alternatives that are mm-hmm. d- that are like t- taste like meat. They're sort of produced like that. They you can buy them off the shelf that looks just like hamburger, but it's not actually hamburger. And I was thinking that's probably a really good place to start rather than trying a whole new recipe and finding the recipe and find the recipe. Does everybody like it? It's like, how do I just 
I'm in the I'm in the grocery aisle anyway. It's right next to the hamburger. Use that, and it's substituted. Um, so I think that's actually what I'm going to do this week is substitute rather than trying a whole new recipe. We're going to just use that as the ingredient, like for making tacos or whatever. We'll use that instead. Yeah, I was going to say consider lasagna. It makes great mm. lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> Meatless sauce. <laughs> and then this last one. So here's our third one. We said we we're going to give you three. So we've given you the the first one, develop a growth mindset. And a couple of ways to do that. The second one with um, James Clear, try something, do the two minute rule. When you start something new, it needs to only, it needs to only take two minutes to start your new behavior. And then the third one is William Bridges, um, which talks about the, uh, an actual cycle of change. And Trisha, you want to talk about that one? Yeah. Um, you know, change in itself is something that stops and it starts and you can't start a new change until you've stopped an old um, habit or an old action or whatever so but what really is the key here um, is that what when change will take place for you or when it's something that will stick more is when it gets right in your head and your heart so it's the change can happen, but if you don't understand what your role is in it, or if you don't understand um, what that does for you, what what's the with them, what's different, how you will implement it, uh, you know how you're going to feel about it, then you're probably not going to stick with it. It it may not be something you stick with. So it's not just how is my head getting it? You know, does it make sense to me? Is it something that I can understand? But how do I feel about it? How do I feel about this change? Does it, is it something that bumps up against my values or is it in sync with my values? And so those kinds of things are important, especially, you know, when we're thinking about what we're doing this summer, you know, these are things we're trying to change the world. And I hope that it's touching people's hearts as much as it's touching their heads. You know, we know that there's a lot of logic behind the things that we're trying to do. Um, and I think that we also have to weigh our hearts in there and say, how do I feel about this? Is this something that I can commit to because it's the right thing to do? And does it, does it feed my soul basically? Yeah, absolutely. So really understanding why, why we're doing it and really understanding that, that, that critical piece of making a change is letting go of what was before and recognizing that there are emotions, even when it's something that's good and you want uh, to make a change, there's going to be emotion and it's going to feel, it's going to feel even for a short time, um, some maybe some negative emotions around that maybe yeah, some grief around letting go of something that you um a behavior that you've had yeah it's going to feel like, like a loss right it's yeah and it, and you're right it doesn't matter if it's the the most positive change in the world it may be a new job it may be a, a career you know uh, move that is makes you really happy it may be that you're doing a challenge this summer with us and you find that this is probably one of the coolest things you've ever done, but it is 
letting go of something you used to do differently. And no matter how happy you are about the new change, you have to let go of the old. And sometimes there's emotion to that, especially if you did it for a long time. And especially if you had memories of it. So letting go of it, celebrating the old as you let go of it is a great way to, you know, just celebrate that you were there and that now you're moving forward. And that could be very helpful with um, letting, you know, implementing new changes to let go of the old, but celebrate it and honor it. Yeah, absolutely. So we are at the end of our three, our three um, ideas for helping you to make a change um, this summer. And so we also want to leave you with a couple of challenges. These will, we're challenges for action. These are also on our website. So the first challenge is what is one new behavior or thing that you would like to change? So just identifying what that is. That's the first challenge. And then the second challenge is what is one small step that you can take toward making this change? And think about some of the things that we've said here. How can you have a growth mindset? How can you, um, how can you start small? How can you have that only take this new change, only take two minutes at the beginning? Um, and and how, can you, how can you use the, the change cycle with, with the bridges model? How can you use that? So we hope that you have fun with that this mm-hmm. week with those two challenges and anything before we close, Trisha. You know, I just, uh, I think we had a lot that we covered today actually. And, um, I think we started well though. I mean, this is our challenge is sort of new out of the blocks right now. We were into the what second or third episode since we actually announced it, but it's, it's launched. Let's say it's summer. And, um, and I'm excited about what I'm going to learn over the summer. I'm excited to hear what people are going to learn. I really encourage other people to just reach out to us and let us know what you're doing. You know, we, you can go to our pod, to our website and do that. So let's keep that conversation going. You know, if you have questions or comments about the show and you find us, you can find us on all of our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. There's so many exceptional podcasts coming up, more with fantastic guests. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them. Text them, email them, or take a a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website, at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leadership coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. And lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Thanks so much, Crystal, for leading the charge on this today. It was a lot of fun. And thanks to our audience for listening. Be sure to find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a great week. Bye.